What's going on, everybody? This is Isaac. Before we get to this week's episode, I wanted to give y'all a quick programming note. That is the fun technical term our editor, Carl, has given me to say, a quick programming note. For those of you who listen regularly, you know we do our best uh, to release episodes every other Wednesday. And we wanted to let you know that just given the busyness of spring, travels, etc., we won't be releasing the next episode uh, until May 23rd. That'll be episode 7, Lord willing, with our brother Duke Kwan. Uh, You won't want to miss that episode. Uh, But in the meantime, you can have homework uh, as we miss this next cycle. You can go and listen to Ligon Duncan's sermon. You can go to t4g.org, listen to that sermon uh, as it unfolds so well with uh, many of the issues we are talking about, not only on this episode, but Lord willing, on all the episodes as we pray. There you got it. Homework, episode seven, coming out May 23rd. If it's your first time listening to the show, don't worry about this. Uh, We're glad you're here. We hope you enjoy this episode. Grace and peace, you're listening to United We Pray. Taking racial struggles to the throne of grace, United We Pray is a podcast about racial divisions in local churches. I'm one of the hosts, Isaac Adams, and I'm here with dun, da, 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 Trillia Newbell. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, sis? I'm doing really well. It is a Friday. Um, we don't want to, mm. yeah. <laughs> You can edit that. Out. We did. It's okay. Yeah, we'll just date it. Uh, there it is. It's a Friday. Everyone's tired. Everyone's happy, uh, yeah. including our guest, who uh, who let me. I'll just introduce him now and take the attention away from us. Uh, our guest is Miguel Davia, uh, brother. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate being with y'all. It's really good to have you on the show, brother. Brother, tell us um, before we even hop into the conversation. Tell us who you are, uh, your ethnic background, and kind of just your heart for these matters. Yeah, man. um, I'll just give a little bit about myself. Um, So um, I was born and raised in New York City, uh, specifically in the Bronx. Um, Did not grow up in a Christian home uh, whatsoever. Um, Joined the the Navy when I was about 17 uh, and uh, got a chance to really kind of, you know, just uh, see obviously a different part of culture than I I did growing up uh, in New York City. Uh, Got picked up for an ROTC scholarship. Got to spend four years up in the University of Rochester um, and, and throughout that entire time, still no exposure to the gospel, still no exposure to Christianity. Um, graduated in uh, in 2000, got commissioned uh, as a Navy officer and got stationed down in uh, Norfolk, Virginia, uh, which is one of the biggest Navy base um, uh, in the world. Uh, 9-11 happens about a year later. And uh, on that deployment, uh, another uh, Navy officer, uh, Christian brother, led me to the Lord on that deployment. And uh Left, left as an unbeliever and came back a, a new creation. And, um, uh, and yeah, and so it was converted out, out in the middle of the Mediterranean. Uh, came back, uh, mm-hmm. felt immediate call to, to, uh, to, to, to ministry, to specifically the chaplaincy. So I actually got out, uh, actually went to, to seminary, went to RTS in Orlando. I spent uh, two years down there. 
Uh, but the Lord had different plans. Um, I, uh, instead of pursuing chaplaincy, um, he had me actually uh, close. That door was actually closed and ended up uh, doing urban ministry for, believe it or not, for about six years uh, with my brothers uh, over at Reach, Reach Records. I, I, I was working at Ligonier at the time, and uh, I transitioned over to help them start Reach Life Ministries um, and to be the executive director uh, through that. Uh, and through my time there, obviously, God used that that time mightily. Um, but my heart for the local church uh, really increased, I think, as it did for all of us uh, during that season. As we were doing conferences and concerts, uh, we just knew that there was a, a big need for, for local churches uh, to really embody um, both the truth that we love, but also the cultural affinities that we that we just have. And uh, and so long story short, I felt a call to church plant, um, and the Lord called me to come back here uh, to Hampton Roads, Virginia, uh, 2012. Uh, Hampton Roads is near the Virginia Beach, Norfolk area. Our, our church is actually in Newport News, right on the border of Newport News and Hampton, uh, Virginia, about an hour and a half southeast of Richmond. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a big military area, but it's also a very diverse area, um, extremely uh, multi-ethnic, um, and uh, just a huge need uh, for healthy churches here, and, and those that obviously uh, represent the diversity uh, of, of the area. Um, so uh, I think I think the reason why I'm passionate about the topic we're talking about is because um, you know, I, I kind of been joking with some of my friends that the Lord called me to be a pastor at a very unique time mm-hmm. <laughs> in our countries, in our country. And it feels as though as soon as we uh, planted the church, kind of things just started to, the wheels started to come off when it comes to a lot of work we saw doing yep. uh, yep. when it came to, to you know, race, race relations and, and just even the local church. Um, and so um, I think one of the challenges that I've had is because I'm neither African-American or white. I'm Hispanic. I'm Puerto Rican. And as you told me during coffee, you're Neo Rican. I'm a Neo Rican because, yeah, I, I don't speak Spanish as well as I should. Uh, <laughs> and so I could understand it, but I don't speak it as well. So, yeah, I'm a Neo Rican, heavily influenced more by New York than I am about, than Puerto Rico. Uh, but obviously, growing up, I mean, all, all my friends were all, were all African American, Hispanic. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I got to the Navy that I actually really engaged in uh, white culture. Um, and so I kind of feel like a hybrid in a lot of ways of, of, of understanding both worlds, which has been beautiful. Mm. But when you become a pastor, I think people don't know kind of what box to put you in when you don't easily fit into either one of those categories. And so mm. as a lot of the racial events started um, happening over the last few years, I think certain people just didn't know what kind of a position I would fall into because I didn't easily fit in uh, to either either side. Mm. Um, and so... Um, I think because of that, I you know, I think uh, Isaac, what we were talking uh, that day at the coffee shop was, you know, j- that just seems to be this uh, almost culture of suspiciousness about uh, how do we interact with one another, especially with our pastors, when we don't exactly know where they stand mm-hmm. on certain issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I just want to talk about just ways that we can uh, just serve our serve fellow pastors well, and and how members can just uh, love their pastors well in not creating that culture, but actually helping to prevent that culture. Um, from happening. And the culture would be suspicion. Suspicion. Yeah. Because uh, you know, obviously, okay. correct. Yeah. Because, be, because a lot of people will obviously for all of us, this is a very difficult topic um, for, for many of us for very reasons to talk about. And as a pastor, you feel the pressure that you, you want to be able to love all people well, where they're at and be able to talk to them um, it, it, depending on based upon their experience of, 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 of where, what they're used to. So sometimes pastors can kind of, get an unfair uh, sort of starting point, if you will, um, because of the fact that, you know, they're, they're in a unique position to have to love people, all people, 
and to shepherd people where they're at, even if they disagree with them. Mm. Um, and so, um, so I think with that, we just got to acknowledge that there, there's this potential to just be suspicious of, of our pastors and where they stand um, and to just get clarity and to mm. make sure that we have relations with our pastors, that we can get more clarity so that we can love them well, to serve them well. Mm. Mm. And thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that, brother. Um, because, and just quickly, so our listeners know, just tell us the ethnic breakdown of your church, because I know your church is in a building where you're renting from an all-white congregation, an older all-white congregation, but tell us the ethnic breakdown and then trail. I'll kick it to you. Yeah, we do. We do rent from a, um, a uh, 75-year-old Southern Baptist congregation. Uh, we actually rent out their chapel. Um, our membership's about 140 members, and I would say uh, a little less than maybe 40% of that is white, 40% of that is black, and then 20% of that would be uh, Hispanic and a little uh, some Asian in that. So that would probably be a good breakdown of that of that wow. demographic. So yeah. we're we're pretty much fifty fifty. Wow. Praise the Lord, and um and it gives us an opportunity to pr- pray really specifically for those who are leading multi ethnic churches, because as you've said, a lot of the work has been undone in some ways because of our current climate, and it can be really hard. So, um, so I'm, I, I'm going to um, add that to my prayer list just to be thinking of pastors. Well, I do, I have, um, I have two questions actually. Uh, one is <clears throat> racial suspicion seems like it would also include a bit of assumption that every Every ethnicity is monolithic, so we're all the same. So there, there would be some sort of um, okay, because all all black people aren't, aren't the same, all Hispanic people aren't the same, all people. So we, so do you think that there is an element there that this where does where do you think that suspicion is rooted and coming from? Because I, I wonder if if some of it would be a a a bad assumption, assumption that leads to, um, that, that all people, that all, that people are the same. They think the same, they act the same. Um, and, and, and it could hinder actually building relationships and getting to know one another. What do you think? Right. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, um, so I would say, um, you know, um, I'm Puerto Rican, but my skin color is very light. And so if you didn't, if you didn't, uh, know that you would assume, I think that I was, I was white. And so because of that, I think people initially may relate to me um, as a white person and make certain assumptions that I would have certain positions, both theologically and even culturally, that would mm. be more consistent uh, with white evangelicalism. Um, right. And then as you as you get to know more of my story, that um, I'm actually Puerto Rican, grew up in New York City, uh, how I spent my time in the military and uh, and and, and ministry, it completely changes that paradigm completely. Mm. And then, then it begins to give a lot more context to why we're all kind of a hybrid here. Um, and we keep, we, nobody fits easily into any of these compartments that everybody wants to seem to put us in. So I think, uh, I think, I think that's one of the reasons you're right. I think one of the reasons why this is suspicion is because we just want nice and easy compartments. Mm. And so we just, we just want to have box one, box two. Um, and there really is uh, just an infinite amount of boxes um, right. that, 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 that are there and nobody fits easily into one box. Um, so one of the reasons why there's such a need to just not start out with suspicion, but actually start out with um, a desire to get to know each other at a very personal level 
is what the starting point is and not to make assumptions, um, yeah. whether it be on skin color or whether it be based on just what you know on, on just where someone's from or, or even their ethnicity. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that leads to the next question. Your heart is that we would be patient, or at least it sounds like what you're desiring is that we would be patient with pastors as they are um, trying to serve uh, broadly. So so they're serving different ethnicities. They're serving, is that correct? So if so, so, how can we serve um, a pastor in a time of racial suspicion? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think the first thing is just um, being willing to ask that question. <laughs> it's probably one of the best ways uh, to serve to serve pastors well is just being willing to go to them and say, how can I serve you and this local church better during this extremely difficult time, both in our country, but also within, <clears throat> in our, uh, within the you know universal church? Um, so just asking that question, because I, yeah. think, I, think, I think some pastors are going to answer that differently based upon their local context mm-hmm. uh, and exactly what it is that they're seeking to, how they're seeking to address it. Um, so that's one, just ask the question. Um, but two, um, assume the best about your pastor. First um, Corinthians yes. thir- thir- 13, love hopes all things. Um, and, and that your pastor is, is called to a very difficult job when things are easy. And when the things are, are 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 hard, I mean, how much more impossible is this task that we've been called to? Um, I I agree. I I do not think pastoral ministry, as someone who's a lay person and watches, is for the faint of heart. <laughs> I'm just nodding my head over here as a pastor myself. Yeah. Just like my, yeah, yeah. So just just to, just assume the best and just mm, make it clear that you're for them and not against them. That you're meant to be. You're there to help to bear the burden, not to be a burden, um, mm. not to add to that. Um, now, again, by all means, that doesn't mean that we don't have conversations, necessary conversations about right. uh, what we need to in order to have clarity. Right. But it's about yeah. the posture that we bring that to where there's not this suspiciousness that you're already I've already uh, created a judgment about where you stand. And now I want you to prove me wrong. Mm. Um, mm. As opposed to um, I'm actually assuming that you are. Um, uh, on the most God-centered position possible, and I'm hoping you won't prove me wrong. That's really ins- that's 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 very good and really insightful and convicting. I'm convicted. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I would say I I don't necessarily approach every relationship. I'm I'm thinking beyond just pastoral, but I might go into it with an assumption that they would, and then hope that they would prove me wrong, rather than going in with a a um. A, in a neutral, gracious, non-assuming Charitable. position. And yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's good. No, that I mean, Miguel was just dripping this kind of wisdom when we were having coffee and I was just well, he was having coffee, I was having hot chocolate. But I was just <laughs> I was just like, yep. I'm sorry, pause. You you were drinking hot chocolate? I don't I don't I don't, <laughs> I don't drink that coffee stuff. I have never liked it. <laughs> People are like, you'll like it in high school. Do you get apple juice? You like it in, yeah. People, and then like, I'm always embarrassed when I order my hot chocolate because I feel like a five year old. I just, I just like, and I'm like with someone I I haven't met. Like, yes. No, I I love it. No. All right. Keep going. Sorry. Sorry, Miguel. Yes, Miguel. You were dripping wisdom while we were having coffee. If I could add probably just one more thing I would say is um, just be committed locally to where you're, where, where you're at here. Um, I think I think because of the nature of the conversation, um, there's been a desire to really make that conversation more global, more universal, and at, at the expense of actually being committed locally. 
Um, and, 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 and so just continue to build the relationships, cultivate the relationships in your local church and be able to address that on a local level uh, before we seek to try to uh, address it on a national level. It's a both fan, uh, but let's start locally first and, and make sure that what we see locally is, is what we're aiming for globally. So that is, uh, I think that's excellent. And that's what we would hope for any listener is that they're plugged into a local church and that they are taking this to their church in praying for their church, because that's really where, um, where we're going to see hope and change and relationships and where we're going to be able to put that first Corinthians or second Corinthians 13, whatever it is, the, where we're going to put those scriptures into action, where we're going to love, love our neighbors is in that local church. So I, I think that's very good. Amen. Yeah. I mean, you, I think you said it when we were having coffee, hot chocolate, Miguel, you were saying, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, don't assume everything on Twitter is happening in your local church. Don't project that onto your local church because, Lord willing, by God's grace, it's not. Though we know it's prevalent, right? We don't want to. We don't want to doubt this. Um, but yeah, go ahead, brother. Let me not cut you off. Well, yeah, no. I mean, I mean, there's no question that I think I, I would say that every every local church is feeling the tension and the challenges of what what's going on um, right. in, in in our in our, in our time. But the way that that's happening and the the, the challenges are going to be unique to every local church. Yeah. Um, the, 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 each church is going to have unique challenges within that based upon many different factors. And so just being very mindful that not every church is going to address these things in the exact same way. Yeah. Um, there has to be there has to be some 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 just freedom and just being able to know that each church is going to look a little different and even how they respond to these things. Um, and again, just assuming the best that, that, that we all have the same goal in mind, but that may look a little different uh, for each church. And one thing you said, uh, Miguel, uh, you're also just talking about more Bible in the conversation. And I think that just keeps coming up again and again as I research, as I research, right, whatever, think about this topic. Uh, it's just the need for, and we had Duke Quan on, and he was talking about the need for the Bible in this conversation. That we even, if we, even texts like Ephesians 2, Revelation 7, 9, these are great texts, but there's even more texts than those. Uh, and the Bible speaks to power, and it speaks to ethnic identity, it speaks to justice, it speaks to... So uh, I think that was a helpful word as well. Let me ask you one more question before we uh, turn to prayer, uh, because we're talking about the Bible as our main resource, giving us everything we need for life and godliness. Um, but you were... I'm curious, like, what other racial, I'm just going to call them racial resources, resources on race, are you wishing you as a pastor had to pass on to your people? Yeah, yeah. So so I think one of the things I, I, I kind of realized in the last few months was that, you know, every every one of us, all our brothers and sisters in Christ are all coming to this conversation at different state at different stages. Yes. Um, it, 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 it's as though we're all boarding the train at different stations, mm. but we're assuming that we all boarded the train at the same time. Yep. Um, yep. And so I just think there needs to be more more resources and podcasts like this and blogs and and, and, and even us past pastors doing uh, sermon series and other things to just sort of serve as a primer for one. How did we get here in the first place? Um, this, this, this conversation has been going on for a very long time and right. didn't just start with the last two years. Um, yet there's some people that think that this is a new brand new conversation. Right. Um, and so there just needs to be some resources to bring people up to speed just on how did we get here in the first place? Um, why now is this um, seems to be a more prevalent issue than it was even five, ten years ago? 
Um, and what is the way forward in a way that we all would shake our head and say amen to? Um, and I just think we have to acknowledge that n- not all of us are on the exact same sort of spectrum right now when it comes to that stages of even understanding uh, these challenges. And so I, I just wish there were more resources, especially for pastors. You know, we have a lot of resources when it comes to various other areas of, of the Christian life, but we don't have a lot of resources when it comes to, hey, here's a good primer on just dealing with uh, racial uh, identity uh, and ethnicity. And and what does it look like to 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 just understand uh, what does diversity look like, that conversation look like in the context of a local church? And, mm-hmm. and what are some of the successes and failures that have happened uh, over the last few decades in that? So I do, and and those being written for lay people, uh, not so much in an academic sense, mm, but something yeah. that is very accessible for even a brand new believer um, that's coming to understand uh, just just basic under things about just a Christian faith. Mm. So, um, so I just think there just needs to be more of a primer, um, just so that we can all get up to speed uh, about a very complicated topic that even those of us that have been in, in it for many years are still trying to figure out how to even talk about it. Um, and so, um, so yeah, so there's definitely no shortage of, of opportunities for, for people to, to, to be contribute to that. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, brother. I think that that's how a helpful word. I just think from a pastoral perspective, uh, there's so many there, obviously you'd agree that there's, there's a number of re- resources out there. Uh, but just given the vast amount of train stations that people are boarding on, we need more. And that's what Trillia devotes so much of her time to. Uh, so thank you, sister, uh, for the work you do and putting out, putting out resources uh, uh, because there's some to grab, but goodness, I think that's why Trillia works so hard in part. So Miguel, thank you. Thank you for uh, speaking to that. And Trill, even as we pray, I'm going to pray for writers like you uh, and people trying to develop resources and even little efforts like this. We hope to be a resource and Trill, you hit on it so well earlier, a resource for people in churches, uh, recognizing that, you know, this is not just about like, hey, hop online and here's obviously here's your church. Like, that's not what this is. Uh, but this podcast this time is devoted to praying for churches, to praying about divisions in churches. So when we're reading the New York Times and the article that I saw today, a quiet exodus, why so many blacks are leaving white evangelical churches, uh, that's what we're praying about. That's what we're trying to bring uh, to the Lord Almighty, uh, and I remember, and uh, even Mark Dever just commented on that article to me, and just was like, "Goodness, this drives me to prayer." It is so sad, so true, so so accurate, reflects so many conversations I've had. Um, but that I know that's not the case everywhere. I have another friend who said, you know, he showed his pastor and only got only got pushback. Uh, so God knows we need. Uh, help on this matter. So why don't we go to him uh, and ask for that help? So Trillia, why don't you start a sister? Uh, Miguel, just grabbing any themes from our conversation, uh, brother, that you feel led to pray about, uh, and then I'll close us in prayer. Let's let's go and pray now. All right. Well, Lord, um, I, I think it's obvious that in a conversation like this, we are just desperately in need of you. And I thank you that you are available to us, that you are not um, you're not annoyed um, by this conversation and that we continue to come to you in prayer, that you are um, you desire to hear our prayer, which is amazing to us, Lord. So thank you for that. 
And um, God, I want to pray for the multi-ethnic, the pastor who um, who is pastoring a multi-ethnic church. And um, Lord, I, I just pray for wisdom, abundant amounts of grace, um, Lord, that they would um, feel, that they would not be discouraged by our current climate, our cultural climate. You are not wringing your hands, Lord. You are in control. You know, you knew this before the foundation of the world that that we would be at this time right now. So God, I pray that they would trust in you, that they would lean on you for understanding, God, and that they would know that their work is not in vain and that they would continue to work and not grow weary in doing good. So Lord, I pray for strength and um, a renewed passion um, for multi-pastors who are um, pastoring multi-ethnic churches, but I pray that for any pastor who has um, any desire at all to see the unity that you have um, accomplished for us on the cross. God, I pray that pastors would not um, grow weary, Lord, that they would not become disenchanted, Lord, and um, but that they would know that you are God and that you are working, and so they can trust you. And um, you're calling a people to yourself, and no one can stop you. And so, and God, thank you that the gates of hell will not prevail over the church. And so we can we can trust these things because these are um, is what you say in your word. So we we believe it and we um, submit it to you. And God, I just want to pray for. Any person who struggles with racial suspicion, that they are suspicious of other people based on their ethnicity or their outward appearance, God, um, or even their their cultural, whatever it is that they are suspicious of. Lord, would you break down those barriers? Would you um, help them not to uh, make assumptions, Lord, that we could do as Miguel has encouraged us to do, that we would come... Um, with love and that we would approach others in love, that we would uh, not have assumptions, that we would not assume the worst of others, Lord, um, but that we would be neutral and 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 um, and assume the best, actually, Lord. Let's take it even further. So God, I pray that you would help us to, to do that, which only can happen by your power and your grace because we are sinful. <laughs> And we need help. We need help. We're gonna we're gonna struggle and fail in this area. So God, we pray that you would help us and that you would provide that way of escape um, that you have promised in your scriptures. Amen. Uh, Father, Lord, we um, Lord, we thank you even uh, for this opportunity, Lord. Thank you for uh, my brother Isaac and my sister Trill, your father, even for laying on their heart, Lord, to um, provide an opportunity through this podcast to uh, to uh, to talk less and to pray more, uh, Father, and to, uh, to to listen more, uh, Father, but listen to you, uh, Father. So, Lord, I ask that you would just help us to uh, be a praying people, uh, Father, that uh, we as pastors that serve in this capacity, Father, that uh, that our, our, our basic posture would be one of prayer, um, both in private and public, Father, that um, the greatest display that we can give to our people is uh, that we are praying, um, just uh, as Isaac mentioned, and as we read articles like the New York Times article this morning, uh, Father, that the response is uh, we just need to pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to pray that we as the, the body of Christ uh, can uh, display uh, more of the love uh, that you have shown us in Christ, that that can be displayed, Lord, uh, to one another. Father, I'm, I'm reminded of 
uh, Jesus's words in John 13, by this, all people will know you're my disciples yes. by your love. Yes. Uh, for, for one another, not by your cultural preferences or by your ethnicity or by your uh, just 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 uh, sort of even suspicions, Father, but by our love uh, for one another, Father. So, Lord, allow that to be more prevalent in our yes, churches, please, Lord. Father, Lord. Uh, allow the the basic characteristic of love uh, to be the uh, the vehicle that's driving, uh, Lord, a lot of these conversations, Father, yeah. uh, whether it be from members to pastors or pastors to members or members to members, Father, may they be um, just uh, saturated with love and with grace, Father. And uh, Lord, I ask that you would call us as pastors to lead in that, Father, that that our posture uh, would yes. be one of humility, Father, and teachability and of patience, Father, and uh, realizing that we don't have all the answers, Father, and that uh, that even we would not have a posture of even defensiveness when it comes to being challenged um, or criticized yes. for our failure to uh, to respond to things as 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 you call us to, Father. Um, but Lord, I also pray for our, our brothers and sisters and, and members of the church that uh, that they would lift up their pastors in prayer. Uh, that they would continue to serve the body well and to encourage them and knowing that they're at the end of the day, just mere men that have been called to an impossible task, father. Yes, and yes. Uh, that, that they would, uh, the best way that they can love their pastors is by praying for them and encouraging them, father, and letting them know uh, that they are for them, even in, when they disagree, mm. um, that they are still for them uh, because we are brothers and sisters in Christ and our unity um, is much greater than the, the decisions uh, that we may agree upon or not, uh, Father, and, and Lord, I just I just pray um, just also for our, for our country, Father, that yes. um, I was oh, Lord, very proved uh, um, by by the article that came out this morning, Father, Lord, that uh, the individual that was mentioned that uh, struggles to find a church that is unfortunately such a common um, yeah. situation, yeah. Uh, Lord, now and and Lord, would you help us, Father, to to change that narrative, Father, to change that. Um, from being normal to abnormal, uh, yeah, Father, yeah. that that we as churches would would see the great privilege that we have to uh, to just be uh, to really change the way that people perceive uh, what it means to be part of a local church and what it means to even uh, visit a local church and what that perception yeah. will look like, uh, yeah. Father. So, Lord, let us be on the offensive, not the defensive, mm-hmm. uh, when it when it comes towards these things, Father, uh, and help us to 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 be able to see that maybe a different article can be written in a few years from now, that yes. there'll be a different Please. experience, um, Father, than, than what um, than what was shared this morning, Father. And, and Lord, realize that we all have a responsibility in that, whether we're members or pastors or whatever our role in the church is, Father, that we all need, can, need, need each other uh, to be able to do this uh, by the power of your grace and by the power of your spirit, Father. So, Lord, humble us. Uh, keep us low, uh, Father. Keep our posture uh, biblically aligned uh, to Your Word, uh, mm-hmm. Father. And, and and Lord, help us to uh, to be able to um, to love everybody, the, the, no matter where they come, no matter what station they um, come on the train from, uh, Father. That mm-hmm. we would love everybody, uh, Father. That's on the train with us as we seek the journey, uh, take this journey together, Father. So we ask that You would do this for our good and for Your glory, Father. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Oh, Father, our Father, Lord, we thank you that uh, so many people from so many tribes call you Father. Our Father, what two wonderful words we get to pray to you, Lord. We thank you for that. 
because we don't deserve to pray those two words, and yet you still call us yours, and we get to call you ours. Oh, we're so grateful. Oh, we're so grateful that you forbear with us in all our sinful mess over the centuries, Lord, in this country. And mess, we can't even agree on what the mess is. Lord, thank you. Father, I thank you for Miguel and the diversity you've given him at that church. Lord, we know that's a gift and nothing he conjured up or engineered. Uh, Father, we know that our even the way our communities are shaped have been affected by racism. Lord, and that just makes the work all the more difficult. Would you give us wisdom to that end? Father, we pray for lay members in churches that they would serve their pastors well, even as they disagree with them. Father, we pray that they wouldn't be uh, violating their conscience, Lord. We thank you that there are many churches people can go to. Uh, Lord, we, we do think of sisters like the one in that article who are just wandering. Lord, and we know that in so many ways she's wandering for good reason. Oh, Lord, would you heal that hurt? Would you heal our churches, Lord? Father, I pray for, uh, I pray for writers like Trillia. Uh, Lord, even just trying to write an article myself recently, seeing how hard it is to write about the most fraught topic in this country. It is far from easy. And yet, Lord, we need biblical resources on this topic. Father, we need more than just cribbing from the world about this topic. And we thank you for even the common grace you've given worldly people uh, about this topic. And Lord, how that instructs us. But Lord, oh, would you fill those in the church with wisdom on this topic? Would you help us to elevate silenced and marginalized voices who have that wisdom? Lord, let them have, let them have the platform so that we can learn and repent and lament and grieve, Father. Uh, we pray that that would become an increasing concern. Father, I pray that we pray that members and churches would be honest, Father, that they would be local and that they would be biblical. Father, I just pray for elders and pastors, Lord, as they do this difficult work, Lord, that they would not be quick-tempered, that they wouldn't be violent with their speech, that they would repent quickly, uh, Father, that they would not think they're above reproof. Uh, Father, that they would smell like their congregation, and Lord, that they would care about race. There's too much indifference about this topic right now. Too much hostility about this topic right now. Father, let us let us just be men who show that the power of the gospel is sufficient for this. And Father, thank you for all the sisters who have modeled that so well. Lord, we know that trust has been broken in this country. There's no way around that truth, Lord. Trust has been broken. Suspicion exists. Oftentimes it exists for understandable reasons, oh Lord. But you can take what's broken and make it whole. You can take what's wrong and make it right. And so we come to you and we ask you to do that, Lord in our churches, in our communities, in our congregations, in our nation, and in our world, Lord. Lord, you spoke it into being. Things like this are easy for you. And yet we trust your sovereignty. We trust your wisdom. We trust your power. And we pray in that power, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
Miguel and Trillia, uh, thank you both for just joining and encouraging me today. Uh, Miguel, brother, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for coming through. Um, at this point, Miguel, if folks want to just find out about your ministry or if they want to swing through, just tell them the church, name of your church again and then where they can find you on Twitter. Yep, we're Hampton Roads Fellowship. Uh, the website, uh, www.hrfellowship.org. Uh, Twitter, HR Fellowship. Uh, and my Twitter is M.A. Davila, uh, D-A-V-I-L-L-A. Have I been saying your last name wrong this whole time? Uh, there's, there's many different ways to say it. So, <laughs> what a gracious response! That's right. That's right. Seriously, you can tell this man is a pastor, uh, and the racial that. suspicion continues. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, thank y'all for joining us. You're you're listening. To United, we pray. You can find us on our website at praypod.com. You can follow us on Twitter at praypod. Email us at praypod at gmail.com. Uh, the episode is uh, recorded and produced by Carl Magnuson. Graphic designed by Ralph Alvey. The song you heard on the intro and outro is What a Friend We Have in Jesus. What a privilege it is to take everything to the Lord in prayer. Grace and peace. Hey!